Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Thought you'd never think that way, and here we are. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. A huge thank you to our sponsors and our incredible listeners for your support. Questions, comments, remember to send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. A reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media platforms for updates and news. Cannot tell you how excited I am about the podcast today as I chat with CEO of the Richmond Flying Squirrels and president of the Montgomery Biscuits, the legend Todd Parney Parnell. Make sure to follow Parney on Twitter at TweetParney and make sure to give some love to the Richmond Flying Squirrels on Twitter and Instagram at GoSquirrels and also follow the Montgomery Biscuits on Twitter and Instagram at BiscuitBaseball. Let's welcome Todd Parney Parnell. I'm wearing my championship belt. I love it. How you doing, brother? I wasn't sure if I needed to dress up or what, so I figured you're pretty cash, so it didn't matter if I'm wearing a baseball hat or what. That's even better now, dude. This is all this is all chill. It's just a discussion. It's just like you and I sitting in your office talking shit. So, um, and I, I'm recording already. And thank you for doing this because I know we've talked about this for a while and um, just been wanting to do this. And super glad I can get you on because. You know, I, I want to definitely get into your world. Like you've been in, in baseball for over 30 years. Um, you're now the, you're the CEO of the squirrels now, correct? You just moved into that last year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> kind of, nothing, nothing, nothing really changed. changed. Just my, just my title. Yeah. Right. But you've been, I mean, you've been in, in minor league baseball for 30 years, which I think is like freaking amazing. And you've told me lots just of times. My third- 32nd season. Yep. It's like something. Oh, I got, and I got a biscuits t-shirt on too. <laughs> Squirrels hat and biscuits t-shirt. And so I was going to say, you're like, you're double dipping. You're like doing multiple teams, but living here in Richmond doing this thing. And you know, like one of the things I, you and I've talked about in the past that I think is, is first of all, I, you're such a great ambassador for baseball. I think everybody knows who you are. Um, I mean, not just not just in Richmond, I did, because I think you just have such incredible energy. But you do so many great things in the community as well. And also, like I, you know, one of the things I, you know, we've done a couple of events with you guys. But you, one of the things I think about minor league baseball that's so interesting to me is the creative aspect of it, and like that constant having to do different things every game and different events and different things. And I think again, like what you do and what your staff does is absolutely just mind blowing, um, in such a cool way. Uh, and just to think about like the, even just the mural project that you did at the stadium, I guess it's been probably five to seven years ago. I don't even know at this point I lost 2017. So four years ago. Um, but I just like, I, you know, like, I just want to 
hear like really how did you get into baseball how has it changed for you over like the 30 years like whether it's the different positions you've gotten into like what is what is your relationship with all this for me like again baseball is such a you know like it was my sport but there's something about minor league baseball that I think is so different just because I think the community aspect and the family aspect in, in regards to like the creative stuff that happens. Like, so we can dive in really anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just, just, uh, I mean, this is easy. Like you said, it's like me and you sitting in parties pub. So it's a yep. uh, piece of piece of cake, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, like what, like how how did you get into baseball? Like, cause you've said before you've like the greatest job in the world, which I agree. Like you're in baseball, but how did you get into it? Like, <laughs> well, well, like, like most people that uh, work in front offices of sports teams, I wasn't good enough <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's basically how everybody in the front office and administration starts. Somebody tells them that they can't hit a curveball or, can't shoot a jump shot or throw a football or catch a football. And then they go into, you really love sports. Then you, you, you figure out ways to stay involved. But my love affair with sports in general goes all the way back to my upbringing in Locust, North Carolina. And my mom and dad uh, often say that they used to be able to tell the, the seasons of the year by which ball I was throwing around the house, whether it was a football or a basketball or a baseball um, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's really kind of a for me a Norman Rockwell painting, um, you know, of of lot of my life. The fact that I was able to grow up in a really cool country home uh, with uh, my parents and sisters, and and just uh, everybody I grew up around would say things like that. That boy's crazy about sports. He's just crazy about sports. And now, as a fifty-five-year-old man be looking in the rearview mirror of a 32-year minor league baseball career. Um, I mean, it's really, um, it's really positive, really warm to me. That, like, I have so many memories. Now, it hasn't been easy, and, and nothing in life that's worth anything is easy, right? And, and I've had, you know, some, some peaks, a lot of peaks, and I've had a few valleys. Um, but... Uh, but I still love going to the ballpark every day. And I think no matter what you do in life, if it's art, if it's music, if it's, if it's, if it's sports, um, if you get in that car every morning and you can't wait to get there, then you're doing, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, during the pandemic Ron, obviously like all of us, there were some days when it was hard, you know, it was, uh, it was hard to turn on this zoom machine and, and it was hard to, have conversations that I had to have. And I, I, I joked with a reporter the other day, uh, the next pandemic, I'm opting out. Like, I don't want to, right? I think, I think all of us will at this yeah. point. Yeah, but, but, but I think we learned a lot. And one of the things that I personally learned was how to be appreciative of what I do and how to be appreciative of even the bad things that happened. You know, before... Um, you know, when we had a rain out at the squirrels or a rain out uh, down in Montgomery where, where we also uh, work, um, you know, I was I was a little bit of a, a baby about it. You know, I would I would literally at times cry if it was Fourth of July. We had a rain out because of the financial ramifications and just the overall disappointment. Like we, as, as you know, because you're close to the inside of our operation, you know, we have a lot of people that put put 
their whole selves into what we do in Richmond and to have uh, something disrupted by something you can't control, like the weather uh, used to be, just really, 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 really upsetting to me. Uh, but now, after having an entire year canceled due to the pandemic, when we had our home opener in front of 25% capacity on May 4th this past year, we had a rainstorm 45 minutes before scheduled game time, and I was out helping the, the, the gang pull the tarp, and I was laughing. And somebody looked at me and said, Parney, what are you laughing about? You, you're usually crying. And I said, because I'm so happy that we're able to have a rain delay, right? So I think perspective, Ron, is, is a really important word, um, not, just, uh, not just when you look at what we all do, uh, what we're all able to do, you know, um, but to keep everything in perspective. And, and our role in the community, I feel like, is not as a baseball team. It's as a community asset, and and I think that that's really really important. Now, the downside of that is you don't you don't there's no season to be a, a community asset. So, you know we're literally 24 seven 364. Like not many people need stuff on Christmas Day, but but um, you know I think that's one of the things uh, you know you mentioned before we before we started about uh, the street art festival and the murals that we did at the diamond. Well, I remember when John Belisles called me about that and Ed Trask, and they were like, you're probably going to say no to this, <laughs> but we'd like to paint the diamond. And, you know, I had, I had a couple caveats, but one of the things, one of the things that we try to do at the squirrels as much as we possibly can is to start at yes and work backwards from there. When people ask us to do stuff, try to figure out how you can accomplish what the community person that's asking you for something uh, wants you to do. And, and so many times in life, I feel like, RJ, that people, uh, when I've asked some people to do something, I can see them figuring out, as I ask the question, how they're going to turn me down because they don't want to do it, right? Like, you can see their wheels turning in their, in their head. Um, we, we try not to be like that. Now, now, sometimes it's difficult because we try to, we try, particularly after the pandemic, um, you know, we're trying new things so that our staff members can have a more balanced lifestyle because people don't really understand. Again, you do because you, you've had inside looks. People don't understand how much work it takes to put on not just a ball season, but, you know, Hannah DeFrank on our staff in Richmond doing all these events, the pop-up markets and uh, the hot stoves and just the, the constant flow of things 12 months a year. Um, you know, sometime, uh, one time somebody said, hey, uh, for a, like the game tonight started at 635. What time did you get to the ballpark? Like four? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I got here, like here seven. Six, six, 6.15 a.m. Yeah. You know, and that was after a night game the night before. So, uh, you know, the, the time part of it is one of the more difficult things, particularly as we're dealing with, uh, you know, young people that are getting married and having kids. And so that's something through the years that, that, that I didn't really have a good handle on. I've, I've got a divorce paper to prove it. Um, um, but I think one of the things that's been really gratifying to me as I get to the tail end of my career is I can mentor young executives in the sports industry to not make some of the same mistakes that I did. You know, it's okay to leave a game in the third inning to go to your, your kid's softball game or whatever. Uh, I never did that. So th that's been pretty gratifying to me, but the amount of work that it takes 
to be a 24-7-364 community entity instead of a baseball team is exactly why I think we've been so successful and exactly why when people uh, think about an integral part of the community in Richmond, hopefully they think about this logo right here, the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. Like you, you guys are like literally the most attended minor league baseball team around like constantly. Uh, and the, the work that you guys do do in the community, I think is amazing. Like the one thing that you've started doing the last, I don't know how long it's been going on is having the, um, I'm, I'm the, uh, like the pop-up, um, stuff in the park markets. Yeah. And I think that that's so awesome. Actually, one of my former students has been there all the time selling her work. And, and again, like for me, it's like for, for a professional sports team to be doing that in the, the parking lot, it, it speaks to what we talk about, the, the, having that creative aspect, having that physical aspect and talking about them together and bringing the community together. And, and that's, again, like you said, I, I am lucky enough that we are, we are friends and I do get to see the insanely crazy how much people work um, behind the scenes. Because again, the creativity, again, I keep using that word, but the creativity that goes into running a minor league baseball team, I think is fascinating. I mean, just the different events that go on. Like you guys just hosted, I was holding up the... the uh, pennant here earlier hosted the all-star game in 2019 which was the 10-year anniversary of getting minor league baseball back here in richmond um and that event was just i mean it was months and months and months but the the actual event was like four days of just packed events whether it was the home run derby with all kinds of local um you know sports people like Mo Ali Cox was in the home run derby coach Rhodes was in the home run derby there was music going on there was there was the events downtown and to put that on is you know people don't think about that stuff and it's just again i that's what i think brings community together and i i do think when people in in richmond think about richmond that the flying squirrels are are near the top because it's it's just an amazing thing to be able to do particularly during the summer and 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 i think again the proof is in the pudding like people come out all the time well i think the key word to you keep saying creativity and i think it gets back to the start at yes philosophy um there, there's no such thing as a bad idea I think another word that I like to say a lot is cross-pollinate. I I think that that we try to cross-pollinate with as many things as we possibly can, as many causes as we possibly can. Uh, And and I think that that makes us more than a baseball team, which is what we've always wanted to be. We've never really wanted to be a baseball team. Again, we wanted to be an integral fabric in the Richmond community, in the Richmond region, uh, 12 months out of the year. So, you know, I think about you know the, the All-Star Week, the, the Hannah DeFrank, I'll mention her name again. The amount of things that, uh, amount of meetings that we had, the amount, of, you know, we couldn't have done it without a tremendous sponsorship um, backing from Genworth, obviously, was the title sponsor, but we had 14 other sponsors that 
basically became part of a team and we'd have we'd have lunches and meetings with uh, all 15 sponsors and they would they would throw out ideas at us and they would give us suggestions and uh, you know I think that our staff Ron always tries to step it up a notch like we never we never want to see grade right we want an a a plus plus every single time and, and I think that takes a, a really selfless attitude and you know one of the other things that uh, we try to in my personal life and also in, in our professional life is put others first every time, you know, put others first every time. And, you know, I, I think that we're a little bit different as a business uh, is we don't have a whole lot of conversations about money. We have a lot of conversations about people. We have a lot of conversations about uh, groups in the community that could benefit from us doing things with and for them. And my personal belief is if you do right by other people, uh, they're going to do right by you. And I, I, I think back to a few seasons ago when we had a really unfortunate rain out um, in, in August, I think it was 2018 maybe. Uh, and we were trying to get to a certain level of attendance. I think it was 400,000. And I remember just being really angry after that game, uh, not that it was a rain out necessarily, but, but the ramifications of that. And I remember, I remember doing a radio interview and I remember saying, uh, radio, TV, and newspaper. I remember saying, we need our fans now. This rain out is going to really put in jeopardy our, our goal of getting to 400,000. And we need people to come these last however many games. And I remember the last day of the season, I got, a bunch of emails and a bunch of texts from people saying, how many people do we need today? Because I'll come if I need to. Right. And we, we beat it um, by like 600 people. And I remember standing uh, at the dugout when we announced the crowd, I'm getting emotional, just thinking about it. The pride that our fans had yep. because we accomplished something together that's pretty unusual, man. Like, like I, I don't take it for granted for a second. Like I, I say to people all the time, um, Richmond, Virginia is a special place full of special people doing special things. And one of the things that really gets me fired up is when Richmonders talk down about Richmond, you know, and like, don't, don't ever come up to me and say, ha, oh, Richmond is not a sports market because I will go off on you for about three hours. <laughs> you know, I mean, no. I mean you, you mentioned, you mentioned Rosie a little bit ago. Uh, you know, all you got to do is go to the Siegel Center for the basketball game. You can tell me that's not a sports city. Yep. Uh, all you got to do is go to Richmond Raceway and see 50,000 people watching their, watching their race. You can tell me that's not a sports go out, city. So, go out to the, the golf course today for the, uh, for the uh the seniors tournament that's going on yeah by the way just for, for your podcast viewers i did survive my annual golfing experience with john daly yesterday it was dip and tuck there for a little bit but uh, I, I assume pictures will be posted of that uh yeah i think they're already getting the, the intro did you out drive him that's the important questions uh, i did on one hole and i made sure he knew it too <laughs> Uh, that's a, no, but, we, had, we had a great time and, and that's a very good point because you know the Dominion charity classic not only do they have three great days of competitive golf but they have two days of pro-ams where people can make memories of a lifetime like i did with elliot sadler 
Aaron Brooks, the voice of the Hokies, John Laser, and John Daly yesterday. That was our that was our group of five. Um, and and not only that, but Steve Schoenfeld, who runs that tournament, uh, lives here year round. Jeff Bitch, his his sponsorship uh, right hand guy, lives here year round, and they do a thing called Birdies for Charities uh, that that companies participate in and donate. And, and I don't even know how many charitable groups they deal with. I mean, it's a ton. So. I think that's the thing about sports in Richmond um, is that we're much more, all of us are much more than just about the games uh, or the events. Uh, we love it here, you know, and, and we jokingly call ourselves like the sports mafia, right? Ed McLaughlin and myself, Dick Spickmeyer, Rob Ucrop, and, 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 and others, um, you know, but, but we all are really focused on making a difference. We, we're all really focused on things other than wins and losses, yep. yeah, which for us and for us as the squirrels is a good thing because we only had four winning seasons out of 12. But, um, you know, I just think that that's really important because I think that goes off, that goes, that cross pollinates into, into what, you know, you've done with, with uh, your, your organization, your group. I mean, um, well, and that, could, know, I mean, Ed, Ed's been really instrumental in, you know, we've been working together and starting a program at VCU that's basically parallel to the abstract athlete, but it's called art and athletics. And it's working with a lot of the student athletes, um, you know, showing them how important like creativity is to their daily practice. I mean, we all, like you and I, we're both physically active. You're, you're in the gym all the time. I work out every day and I do the creative stuff every day. And that's what I'm trying to preach. And Ed's been, and so's Mike Rhodes. Like, I'll, you know, I, I haven't run into him in a while, but like I would walk down the street and I'd run into him and he's, you know, he knows who I am and he knows that I'm like, I'm still in contact with Justin Tillman, like Johnny. And they realize like the importance, like sports is unfortunately fleeting. Like you just said earlier, like, I could have been drafted to play baseball. I didn't go and I played one year at Ohio state and then I quit and then I was done and that's it. Like my sports career is over. And for a lot of these kids, you know, like when they're done with college, it's over and you can still love that, the athletic side, you can still, but like, we're just talking about the creative side to be like really instrumental in, in like daily stress relief anxiety like obviously during this time like during covid we're we're all like in mental health modes yeah. where i mean it's just been so i i 100 percent agree with you like the the real sports leaders of this city are are much more about the 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 w's and l's like they, they are about the community about like making it better and figuring out different ways like ed's ed does so many cool things to me that like i think go under the radar um and, and, and I'm just so glad that Mike Rhodes is here because I just think he is just even talking to some of the basketball players in the past. I mean, it is a family atmosphere. Uh, and I think when you create a family atmosphere, it's not only better long-term as, you know, as people, but just as the team, like the team aspect is, is you can tell that, that, that they actually really love coach Rhodes, you know? And I think well, I, I can I, say the same about you. Like, that's what I, that's what I was getting at earlier. It's like, people love you because like you are a pillar of the community because you can see how much you not just love baseball and, but you, you just, you love it here. And I, and I think that that's important, you know, to be seen 
Like what you do. Well, I think the, 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 one of the best compliments anyone's ever given me was um, someone said about me one time, uh, no one cares more than him. And, and that really meant a ton to me because uh, every day of my life, I get up at it and I go and I go really hard. Like I work probably way too much and I'm, I'm trying to work on that as I get older because you know, my career is going to be shortened if I keep, keep going the way I'm going, honestly, you know, like, and yeah, I'm Tanya is, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my new fiance, uh, it, she, she, she's a fitness freak. Right. So like, um, I'm, I, I work at it pretty hard, but I'm still medium fat. Right. So, so, um, <laughs> but I, but I think we have to learn as, as we get older, just kind of how to, pace yourself. I mean, we were talking about that yesterday at the tournament. These these champion golfers, you know, are in their mid-50s and early 60s now, and, and things change for them too. But but the person that said no one cares as much as Parney, that really uh, meant a ton to me because you can control how much you care, right? And, and uh, for me to pour as much care and love into people um, – that I do to, to have someone say that really meant a ton. And Michael Robinson um, one time called me authentic uh, on a, on a radio show. And that, that really meant a lot to me too, because first of all, Mike Rob, in my opinion is a legend, right? Like he, he's a legend in the making. Um, He's already a legendary football player in the Commonwealth of Virginia and at Penn state. And then he played eight years in the NFL but I, I think you're going to see Michael Robinson you know, on an even more national stage very, very soon. I think he's abundantly talented. And for a guy like that to say that I'm authentic, um, you know, really meant a lot. And I, I just think, you know, the relationships that I've been able to forge uh, through the years, um, you know, just just by caring and, and treating people well and treating people uh, normal. Like I have a lot of famous friends and you know what RJ they love the most is I treat them just like I treat you. I treat them like, you know, I mean, yesterday, the stuff I was saying to John Daly, I can't say on this podcast. Right? <laughs> oh no, you can. It's, we cuss all the time on here. I assure you. <laughs> but, but, but like, that's how it is. Or every Sunday morning when, when uh, I, I talk to John Bettis, like well, one time we were yelling at each other and Tanya's in the kitchen and she's looking at me and I'm like, it's her language of love, baby. Don't worry about it. How they taught each other. You know, but, but every, every, I had this thing in my office and you probably see it. Um, it says never stop. Yeah. And, and, and uh, every meeting matters. Every conversation matters. Every interaction, like uh, Joe T, Joe Tarnowski, our clubby was my caddy yesterday, the main charity classic. And we got to about hole 16, he looked at me and he goes, you know what's really impressive about you? And I go, what? Tell me, please. I want after 16, after 16 holes of this disaster, I, I, want, I want to know something good. He said, you don't think I didn't notice? You stopped and thanked every volunteer that's there, every ball watcher, you know, every, every, every marshal. Every, you stopped and thanked them for being there uh, all day long. And I just looked at him and I said, because we wouldn't be here if they were here, right? Like, like they need to be thanked uh, by people like me. You know, everybody in our foursome was like that, which was in our five was like that, which was great. 
but I just, I just think that every interaction one time, and I won't say the celebrity's name, but I had a friend who was a really good friend and, um, he met someone that he didn't even meet him, but he overheard somebody that I know, uh, or knew, I don't know him really anymore. And that person had said, said something pretty disparaging. Right. But, but my buddy overheard it. And from that point on, he didn't like that guy. And, and I say, you know, every, every time you get together, every time you're anywhere, you know, people are going to watch you if you're in the public eye. And so you, you just have to make sure that you're a representative of, of your own brand. You know, like, like I used to think this was cocky for me to say, but, but Parney is a brand now, right? Like, my my Absolutely. my brand, the, the crazy pants, the various big, huge personality. So you know, every single day you have a chance to either grow the brand. Or my grandpa used to tell me when I started to get girl crazy, he's like, you know, it only takes five minutes, you know, <laughs> and you and you're gonna and you could have a family, right? Like you just got to be careful. And I think that that every day uh, when you walk out your door, you can make be a positive part of your brand or it only takes so it takes it's a lot easier to tear a brand down than it is to build a brand up right absolutely ask ask urban meyer about that ask (laughs) your boy urban meyer about that right like absolutely it it only takes one so i just think you know it's not that and it can it can affect people in such a positive way that's you know like and it doesn't cost anything i always say it doesn't cost anything to be nice like I, I, and I think that, you know, you obviously were raised well. I think that I was raised well. Like I, I say hi to everybody and I know my kind of personality comes from my dad and just like being very outwardly polite and, and, and whatever, you know, like probably a little obnoxious, some people would say, but I think it's like, Anytime anybody asks me, I know we actually talked about this. Anytime anybody asks me how I'm doing, I always say I'm awesome. And obviously, <laughs> obviously it's not true. Like, you're, you know, I make up words. Like people ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm fantabulous. Yeah. Or yeah. yesterday, somebody, I want my lady. Like, how you doing? I said, man, if I was doing any better, I feel bad for everybody else. I'm doing so good. Right? That's what it's, but it, it, but it feels it's important. Yeah. It's important how you walk. It's important how you talk it's important like don't ever when i ask you how you're doing say ah i'm doing no i don't want to be around that you know and if you work for the squirrels or the montgomery biscuits when i ask you what's up and you say not much that's not a good answer either (laughs) (laughs) like one of our young one of our young guys said that to me i'm not doing much today i'm like whoa 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 are we paying you like what the hell's going on here you know Um, I, i just think that's really important how like I think we as human beings need to act in a way that other people want to be around you. Yep. Right. Like, like, and that's kind of how I've lived uh, my my life and my career. By the way, I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm too old to be wearing a flat bill, but but you know, I'm trying to craft this baby. You want? You want me to? Uh, bring, this is new and available. You want me to bring this one over? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You can save that for Eddie. You can save that for Eddie George. But, yes. Yes. Eddie, I'm gonna um, try to get Eddie on the podcast at some point in time because one of the guys we work with knows him pretty well. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in a couple of uh, group texts with him through Jerome Bettis. He's so. he's, uh, he's a great guy. Great guy. Coach, uh, coach of football now. Yep, and he like he uh, was on Broadway. Actually, when he was at Ohio State, he was studying landscape architecture. So he is 
a total creative bone in him. And yeah, he's he's very much a uh, a Renaissance man. Yep. But, um, you know, so I, I think that's important. You know, like how how you how you carry yourself through life yep. uh, is really really important. And then as I get older too, RJ. By the way, it's raining like crazy here. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, no, I'm I'm in Sandbridge right now. So oh, oh, oh okay. Seventh inning stretch. See, um, the the as I get older, you know, and you and 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 I use the word perspective, but also the pandemic made us be reflective, right? So the word that's really important to me now is legacy, and and you know how when this is all over in three years or ten years or however many years, whenever it's over, what will Parney be remembered by? And and that's really really important to me, and and being a good person and a, and a kind person, that's way, way, way at the top of the list. And, um, you know, before I, early in my career, like most of us, you know, I was charged, 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 and didn't really, you know, it was about the results. And, and now for me, uh, in our teams and my own personal life, it's more about the process. You know, if your process is right, uh, you're probably going to like the results, most likely. Um, and I think we, we, we all focus, people in, in life focus too much. I'm getting way too philosophical for this show. but No, dude, uh, this is perfect. I, I, think, I think people focus on, on things that really aren't that important, like money, prestige, you know, all that. And, and I guess like everybody at one point in my life, you know, uh, I was pursuing those things. I mean, it's probably easy for me to say I have some of those things now, so it's probably easy for me to say they don't matter, right? But I just, I just feel like again, when it comes down to it, it's about the people. It's about you know really spreading your wings. Like one of the, one of my other sayings, RJ, that I say at the ballpark a lot uh, with our younger people is get in your uncomfort zone. Yep, like, I say that like when I teach. If you, if you're uncomfortable. You're going to grow. You know, if we're complacent and we're all right, you know, um, we're, we're not going to grow. So I think getting in the uncomfort zone is really, really important, uh, no matter who you are. Just a real quick break. Make sure to follow Parney on Twitter at Tweet Parney. And make sure to give some love to the Richmond Flying Squirrels on Twitter and Instagram at Go Squirrels. And again, check out the Montgomery Biscuits on Twitter and Instagram at Biscuit Baseball. Reminder, check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Now, back to Parney. But I think baseball, I use baseball a lot when I teach in terms of the idea of failure because baseball is a failure-based sport. I mean, and that's not a bad thing because you're, like you just said, get in your own comfort zone. Like you're learning when you fail. And so I'm always telling students, it's like, just make stuff, do stuff. Don't be going back to what you just said. Worry about the process, not the result. Because that's that it just like that's where the learning takes place, and we like I, I always want to stay curious. I want to keep growing. I want to keep doing different things and and learning and and so I I just I think baseball is like such a perfect 
analogy for so many things in life and, and not, 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 now I'm getting philosophical saying, uh, but it's, I think it's true because I, I just think we get too concerned. I mean, I know that, you know, you're in a results business, like you have to win games and like, and you know, like Mike's in a result business, but at the end of the day, if, if the, the players are learning and, and the students are learning and they're growing and they become better in life, I, it's just, I, I just think that stuff at the end of the day is way more important. I think for me, the most, the, the, the biggest thing I get around the community, and it happened, happened to me a ton this week, which was great, is when people just walk up to me and say, hey, Parney, thank you for all you guys do. Yep. It's not about the game. It's not about how many games y'all won last year or lost. Thank you for all you do. And that means a ton to me, not just personally, but for the Ben Rothrocks, the Hannah DeFranks, the Kyle Nichols, the, the Ben Terry's, like everybody in our office that might not uh, have a platform like this that I do, you know, to, to be out in public so much, but every single person puts so much into it to affect people's lives. Uh, and that's that's why I'm doing it. That's why I still do it. And, and, and Ben's, Ben's doing a lot better now since, correct? Yeah, well, he, he just got through. Um, so, you know, he had the heart scare yeah. that you referred to for your viewers. Ben Rothrock, our general manager, he and I have worked side by side for 21 years. Yeah. And as a as a uh, as a 40 year old man had open heart surgery back in uh, February of 2020, had two actually. Uh, but he, he actually got COVID, uh, oh, I didn't which, know that. which in his condition was really, really. So he, he actually had another scare. A few months ago uh during the season so but he's doing much better thank you and Good. and you know that, that's you mentioned you know the family uh atmosphere and and i i like to say at the flying squirrels um we're a family business we all just have different last names yep. uh and like a family like a family we argue uh like a family we don't agree on everything uh like a family we all have our weak spots and our strong spots but at the end of the day don't F with my family, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, at the, at the end of the day, even if I don't agree 100% about everything with everybody, if you mess with one of mine, I'm going to get you. And and I think that that's kind of the mentality that we have together. And that's been uh, really strong. And our ownership group, led by Lou DiBella, um, you know, just lets us roll. And I, later on today, I have uh, two owner calls to owner zooms and and i'm really excited about it because we have a good story to tell not many sports entities um were able to make it through the pandemic year of 2020 and the pandemic year of 2021 because that's exactly what it was yep. it, it was not even remotely close to being normal um you know we, we have a pretty good story to tell it wasn't perfect by any stretch of imagination but it was um you know, successful. We still drew uh, almost 300,000 fans with limited capacity, you know, and, uh, and I've never had a year in my career. Uh, and I would say this, you're the first person I've said this to. I think 2021 might even have been harder than 2020. Um, because, you know, you had the games, but you had all this noise around you. And, uh, and by noise, I mean, the different restrictions. Are you doing the right thing? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And it was just, it was just so exhausting. Yep. But 
on the same level, I'm really proud of how we got through it. And, and I've often said uh, to the media that the Richmond Flying Squirrels were going to be a healing place in Richmond, Virginia for COVID. And I 100% believe that that's what we did. More than anything else, I feel like that was a place where Ron could come yep. and have a hot dog and have a 32-ounce cold beer and and just and mind <laughs> I, I, of course you did that and, and mind-numbingly just sit there and watch four or five innings or whatever or nine innings whatever you whatever floats your boat right but but just being there and i think that sports um you, you mentioned your dad my dad's currently uh currently ill in north carolina he's uh turns 84 this weekend um you know we're a lot different my dad's a quiet uh unassuming man uh i'm not right but but the one thing that always connected us um was sports uh, particularly baseball and 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 you know when i was little and he would take me to a charlotte orioles game uh we would sit there and we wouldn't even talk right you just watch the game and those are some of the best times like when when you can find something that can connect people without even communicating. That's pretty damn cool. And, and to me in my life, I think that's what, that's what the squirrels mean to so many people. And, you know, no matter how old you are, I think, I think we uh, attract you, uh, you know, uh, Scott's edition, as you know, blown up in the, in the 12 years we've been here, just blown up. And our first year, you know, I'd stand out by the front gates and I'd see people trickle from Scott's edition. Well, now every 20, 30, and 40-something are coming over in droves walking from the breweries before the game starts. And it's just amazing to see. Or it's amazing. Uh, I can't think of many other companies that can attract as diverse of a group as we do to our games. No, and, I, I, I agree. Um, like, I, that... You know, not only just – not only to our games, yeah, but but like squirrel. I'm not sorry, but our squirrel squirrel away that we're having later this month. Uh, you know, people come from miles and miles around, from wealthy neighborhoods, from not wealthy neighborhoods, uh, people of, of all colors, all religions, and I just think that every community needs a melting pot like that. And I think that we've become that. We've become that because you don't have to like baseball. When I do speeches, Ron. I always say this after I go through the thing about, did you think our name was stupid and all that? People still, people still, they love to say the name was stupid, right? But you can't, for me, I can't imagine anything but this in Richmond. Right. But one of the things I always do is, okay, how many people here love, love, love baseball, Razor? And probably 50%, 60%, maybe 70% raise their hand. Okay. Put your hands down. How many people here love making memories with your family and friends? Raise your hand. 100%, 100%, every single time. And I say, that's what, that's the business we're in. We're not in the baseball business. We're in the memory-making business. And so I think that's helped differentiate us from a lot of, a lot of entities all across the country. And minor league baseball, you mentioned this earlier, minor league baseball in particular, uh, is more about that. You know, like if you're a fan of pick a team, um, the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you're going to be more apt to go to a game if they're winning. Yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to look at their box score if they're winning. It doesn't matter with us. You know, it's more about the day of the week, the promotion, the themes, the weather, like whatever. 
Uh, and when I stand out the gates, and you've seen it on the, you've seen it as you walk past me to go to Parney's Pub to drink beer before I get there. Um, uh, I would guess, and I, there's no, this isn't a scientific thing, but I would guess that 50 percent of our fans don't know the score when they leave. Oh, I. I but when, when they when they leave the game. And I have to do this next year. It's be fun just to see, hey, what's the score? To see if they even know what the score is. But they're laughing. They're smiling. They're they're very. I mean, I can't tell you, RJ, how much gas goes into my tank <laughs> from from people walking by me at the exits and their smiles. Yep. Or the one that the other thing that always gets me is the the dad walking out with the, the four year old on the shoulders. Yep. That, that gets me every time. And, you know, now we're 12 years old going on 13, right? So now you're starting to see uh, Nick Enright, uh, who pitches for the Akron team. He's, he's from Richmond. So his family, when the last homestand, they were there all six games. And, and uh, his mom wrote me a very nice note. Nick Enright used to go to Squirrels games when he was in grammar school, when he was in high school. Yep. And now – being on that mound was a life memory for him and his entire family. Yep. Now we're starting to get kids that are not kids anymore that used to come to our open game in 2010. Caroline Fitz, our, our awesome promotions person for the Squirrels, she tells me all the time about in 2010 when she, like, she was in, she's 20, 26 or so, so she was like in, in junior high school. Bugged her parents all the time because she loved it so much, and now she works with us, yep. right? So I mean, I think we're we're starting to make second generation memories. You know, people that were young are now having kids, and they're starting to bring their kids, and that's pretty cool because we started with nothing yep. in two thousand yep. two thousand nine. We were nothing, and now to be able to have um, you know people that want to bring their grandkids for the first time, and you know. I do this stupid, not stupid, it's not stupid at all, wrong choice of word. I do this thing that some people might be silly, but when people say they're, they're leaving a game and they'll say, hey, baby, first game ever, you know, they'll hold the baby up, right? And if I have time, I'll go, don't move, don't move. And I'll run down to my office and I'll grab a Joe Teal, throw me a, a fresh, uh, fresh Piloto baseball. And on my way out, I'll get a pen and then I'll write. I'll say, okay, what, what's the name? Ron. Okay. So it's Ron's first game. And I'll write on the sweet spot, Ron's first game, the date and who we were playing. And I give it to him. I can't tell you how many people tell me year after year after year that that baseball is still on the mantle. And, and, and now some of those kids are 11, yeah. 10, 11, 12 years old. So, you know, I, that's just, that's the fuel, man. And I think that we all have to have our fuel to get through life. But again, it's not perfect. There's, as I get older, there's, I mean, I don't know. I, I might be, I might be out of gas next year. I might be out of gas in 15 years. I don't know, but I know this, I, I'm not going to stay too long so that it's a grudge to go to work. As soon as I start feeling like I can't make memories for people anymore, uh, that's when that's I don't when see we'll, that happening. It'll happen. That's when you that's when you'll be invited to that big press conference where we say adios and, and ride off into the sunset. But um, you know, uh, until then, we'll just keep doing what we do, and that's make memories every day. And that's control the only things we can control, which is our attitude and our energy and, and how we affect people. And like you said, it costs nothing to be nice. 
you know, it costs nothing to be nice. And in a world, uh, I think we're doing better as a world than we were doing a couple of years ago, but, but it, the world still likes to spew a lot of hate. I agree. I organizations like ours, I, I think we can give love. And I think that that's, that's a responsibility for us. Do you, th- do you think that's, uh, you know, like you mentioned, I'm like thinking back when I used to go to Clipper games back when I was a kid, cause I used to do that all the time. And maybe because I was such a baseball freak, like I was always like interested in the game and that experience of the game, not necessarily what else was going around. But do you think that some has changed a lot, like the experience of going to a game compared oh, to the old God. days? A hundred percent. When I first, when my dad took me to a game, it was, you know, get your hot dog, you get your soda, you sit there and keep you know, score. You the, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. You keep score. You watch the game. I mean, now it's a circus, yep. you know, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times through my career, a baseball purist would come up to me and say, you don't run a baseball team. You run a circus. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I'm going to get like, you a top get, hat for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, at one point in my career, I had this red sequin jacket with tails and that's what I wore around the ballpark, like the remaster. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I don't apologize for that because not everybody loves baseball, yep. right? Not everybody does. Everybody loves making memories with their family and friends. And so we have to provide that. You know, another thing that's changed through the years is, is food and beverage. Like food. when I grew up uh, in North Carolina with the Charlotte Orioles games, you had hot dogs and maybe nachos and pretzels, right? But now you have to have so many different food offerings, including healthy options, yep. so that you satisfy people. And, and, and you give them what they want. And that's something that we're already working on for next year. You know, the diamond is a little bit limited. When we get to the new ballpark, we're going to be able to have all kinds of nooks and crannies that offer a bunch of different things. But, you know, I think that's, that's the key. Back in the old days, baseball teams just had baseball games. When you went to close games and my boy Ken Schnocky was running the team, yeah. uh, you know, you, 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 had, you, had, you, watched, you watched the game. You know, you might have got an autograph. I still remember oh, all the God. third games. I got, I got autographs from, you know, because I, I followed them the rest Steve of their Balboni. career. Steve Oh, bye-bye. And bye-bye, the, bye-bye. Uh, and uh, what was it? Uh, there was another guy that was a, a home. I can't remember his name. Dan. There was another guy alongside him. But, yeah, I mean, I saw so many guys growing up. And that's, again, like thinking about, you know, the, the organization, the Giants is such an incredible organization. Like the – they were not supposed to do anything this year and here they are probably should have won that game. I mean, you know, we'll leave it at that, but uh, you know, they, the, in the two thousands, they won what a uh, world series every other year there for like three years or yeah. six years. And, and well, this year, 12, 13, 12 and 14. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that's like, it's not a perfect marriage between us and them yeah. because they're on the West coast. And, yeah. uh, but I think, I think Richmond's flying squirrels fans have, have uh, grown to have an affinity for the Giants just because of that relationship. You know, Brandon Crawford had arguably his best year of his career as a 35, 36-year-old this year. And Brandon and, Webb, my God, like, uh, guy deals. Like, he's yeah, – Logan, Logan, Yeah, Logan Webb. And he's a guy who two years ago was on the suspended list for, for 60 games or whatever. And I just remember how determined he was to overcome that. And, you know, he's – put himself in a position where he's going to be a national name potentially. Right. And Brandon belt, 
uh, Austin Slater. Like, there's just so many people. And then the other thing that's cool that I'll be talking about with Wes McElroy in a couple hours on his radio show, uh, the names of former Squirrels players that are playing significant roles for other teams in the playoffs, like Adam Duvall. Yep. Uh, Adam Duvall for the Atlanta Braves. Zahiri Andrianza for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and and there's there's a few others that, that are escaping me right now. Oh, Christian Arroyo oh, for yeah. the Boston Red Sox, right? So I think that that makes it fun for people in Richmond if they can stay up late enough to to watch the playoff games. I can't stay up late enough. I, I told the commissioner that one time. I'm like, like listen, listen, commish, like I. We need to start these games earlier because yes, I, can't, yes. I can't stay up, you know, and that was sad. Like the check swing that you referred to for the Giants Dodgers. I didn't see that because I fell asleep. Uh, what bothers me, though, more so than me falling asleep is it sounded like that was one of the most classic fall baseball games of all time. And my question was, how many 12 year olds saw it? Yep. And That's the answer is. And the answer is probably not too damn many. Some people right? on the West Coast. Yep. Yeah. And, and and I remember uh, in the 70s sprinting home from school yeah. and pleading for my mother to break the rule. The rule was you had to do your homework as soon as you got home from school before you did anything and before you touched a baseball, a basketball, anything. And I would run home from school. Uh, down Meadow Creek Church Road in Locust, North Carolina, and I would plead for mom to let me watch the Oakland A's and the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series at 4 o'clock. Yep. And I just I plead for Major League Baseball at some point to reinstitute just one game. Like, it doesn't have to be just, – just make one game a 405 or a 505 on the East Coast. You still – you know – to me, people still watch it, right? Yep. And, and I know it's about advertising, and I know it's about TV money and all that. But what about people? Like, what about the games? Like, what about the kids, right? And I think that that's kind of what minor league baseball has never uh, really forgotten is, um, you know, we're about our kids' club with the Flying Squirrels. Well, we're, we're, about, we're about making the memories with people. Uh, not that MLB has forgotten that, but I just hope that they reinstitute some of those things you know, so that so that more young people can stay up and, and, and watch the game. No, I, that's what I, I, you know, I always get tired of people. Oh, baseball games are too long. And, and it's like, well, they're really not. It's the commercials. And it's like, you want to make a baseball game faster? Just get rid of the commercials or, or, you know, it's just, it's not the game. The game's great. Like, you know, don't, I mean, I'm not a purist. Like, I, you know, if they get rid of the DH, whatever. Although I like the differences of the leagues. I actually like that. Um, yeah. But it's just like... I, they're just there's not a, a lot that they I think that needs to be done but I don't like this putting a guy on second base thing I just think it's a gimmick yeah I do I like that do you like that I just think it's a gimmick. And here here's here's why I like it talk me into it <laughs> as a, as well this is from an operator standpoint if we're at a home we're at home right and we go into extra innings every inning is a potential walk-off right and, and and the walk-off is one of the most exciting things in sports. Yes, you know, yes. the, the walk-off in baseball, there's nothing like it. You have a Hail Mary or something like that in football, or sorry, Coastal Carolina fans for bringing this up, if you have a last-second field goal in football. But 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 that's – my daughter went to Coastal. That's why she's still, she's still upset about the game the other day, I guess, Appalachian State. But – 
But, you know, when a walk-off happens, like the whole ballpark is just in yep. food, It's insane. Right? It's insane. And, and, so, and so instead of starting in the 10th inning and me looking at you and going, all right, RJ, it's extra innings. Let's get the heck out of here. I can say, all right, this might be it. Yep. You know, and, or the 11th inning might be it. Yep. And, and I, it's, it's, it's really kind of manufactured some moments a lot sooner than they would normally happen. Uh, now, is it weird? Yes. But there's a lot of things in life yeah. that are weird, man. Like, you know, I remember years ago, and I'm not and I'm not shy about saying when I'm wrong about something, but I remember, and you're old enough to remember this, when the only people that got in the playoffs were the division winners, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. So, so I, I remember when they instituted the wild card game, and I would go off. I would talk to anybody I could. This is going to be like the NHL or every team I can playoffs, and this is a bunch of crap and blah, blah, blah. Well, now, you know what? To me, as a baseball person and a baseball fan, the most exciting day of the entire year, wild card games. Oh, yeah. When, 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 when they show up to the ballpark and they got their bags packed for the road trip or their bags packed for home. Yep. That's some awesome stuff, man. Like, 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 there's nothing like game seven. There's nothing like those wild card games. And, you know, we've had some cool family moments. Uh, Samantha, uh, in, in my and Tanya's blended family now, the middle, my, my youngest, but our middle. Yep. And she works for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. I think you met. Yeah, Samantha. yeah, yeah. I met Sam. And 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 so when she was in high school, the Giants played the Pirates in the wild card game in Pittsburgh. And uh, so she she called me. She's like, "Hey, do you think you can get me tickets for the game?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll get you tickets, but like, you know, none of your high school friends could be wearing pirate stuff, right? Because <laughs> right. You're, gonna, you're, you're gonna be sitting That's probably like a Seinfeld episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right." So, but, but, but a cool thing about that is, is, uh, you know, we had a, uh, it was a winter go home situation in Pittsburgh. Sammy was like a sophomore in high school or junior in high school. And we had a bunch of squirrels players playing on that team. Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, Matt, uh, Matt Duffy, Adam Duvall, Joe Panic. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I texted one of the guys and said, Sammy's sitting in the players, in the player family section. And before the game, they all got out of the dugout. And took their hat to stick. That's awesome. So, so, so her her high school friends. She had like a like a couple of guys, like baseball players, and they're like, "Wait, what? Wait, what just happened?" <laughs> and Sammy's like, "Oh, those are my buddies." You know, blah blah blah. And they're like, "No way, you don't know them." And then just as she said that, just as they said that, Brandon Crawford's wife was sitting behind her and said, "Excuse me, are you Parney's daughter?" And, <laughs> And, and she said, yeah, I'm Sammy. And, and so it was just like, there's a lot of cool moments that, yep. that happen, you know, uh, uh, through life because of what we've, what we've done. And, and, and then again, kind of bringing it back full circle. It's about those relationships, right? Yep. And, and those moments that you have yesterday, like John Laser, the voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies, just sent me a text message saying that yesterday was one of the greatest days of his life playing golf with John Daly and me and Aaron Brooks and Elliot Sadler. And Elliot Sadler tweeted the same. Elliot Sadler tweeted out last night that it was one of the greatest days he's ever had. So I think, you know, living life to the fullest to create those moments for others is really, really, really rewarding. And I just think, you know, as humans, we just need to do more of that, you know, and, 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 and you know, the things we've talked about during this podcast, cross-pollinate, you know, uh, don't say no so easy. You know, it would have been really easy when 
Palau's called me about the street arts festival because we're not going to have people paint our ballpark. <laughs> but it turned out like, look how different the ballpark looks. And we still see people walking around looking yep. at, you know, like you just got to connect. It's about connecting and finding different connections with people. And, you know, the stuff we're doing now with the Richmond 34, very important work, yep. you know, and, and I've been shocked and amazed at how many people that were born and raised in Richmond and even people of color that were born and raised in Richmond don't know the story of the Richmond 34 on yep. February 22nd, 1960. And we've, we've actually, I need to call her, uh, you know, Elizabeth Rice uh, Johnson, um, you know, one of the 34 that were arrested, she's 81 years old and she, it's, she just kicks life's ass, right? Like she's awesome. And, you know, we've connected with her in a special way. You know, I, I hang up the phone with her and she says, I love you, Barney. I love you too, Elizabeth. You know, it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful relationship. And it's those relationships that makes a life worth, worth living in my opinion. And, and, thinking of that, Parney, like, uh, you know, like, because again, and not you're you are like somebody that I, I think does inspire and influence people just by, by who you are. Um, and, and I think, you know, like the positive attitude, like it, it change it does change people's lives. So, but who like, are some, I ask this question all the time on this podcast, but I think it's fascinating. Like, who are some of the people that like you really looked up to that maybe like inspired you the way that i think that you inspire other people you know what i mean like who's like so well, I mean, that's, that, that, that's a i mean that's a great question um you know growing up in north carolina my parents are, are very spiritual people like I, I tease people i grew up going to church eight days a week man like, I, mean, if I, if I wasn't in a ball field i was in a church and some people laugh at that now because you know uh my, my language sometimes is sort of quite not churchish uh and drank enough alcohol to sink a ship, uh, but, um, but I don't think that messes with your beliefs. Right. And, and so I was raised, I was raised around people that had, uh, very strong values and beliefs. And so like, I think that was, important. we had a minister to kind of answer your question, a, a minister named Tom Cheely, uh, when I was eight, 10, 12 years old, and he was actually the chaplain for the Charlotte Orioles. So I remember how excited I used to be on Sunday night because I would go and I would ask him, like, who was in chapel today, right? And then he would tell me and I would follow those players. And, you know, that that was the, the way that he carried himself. He was a, a former baseball player that got into the ministry. So, like, again, there's different things you connect with. Uh, I didn't know him personally, but Dean Smith, I grew up in North Carolina, you know, uh, Dean Smith was uh, an icon growing up and, you know, certain things that he did with his players, the way that he had, he made players. If I, if you scored a basket, if I scored a basket, you passed me the ball when Dean Smith was a coach and we ran down the court, I had to point at you to give you recognition for passing me the ball, like stuff like that, that I noticed as a youngster really affected me in a positive way. And again, another Dean Smith that I'm planning on doing, uh, if I have time before I die, uh, is when he died, uh, he had in his will, he had written a letter to every single letterman that played basketball in North Carolina with a check, with a check for $200. 
that said, take your wife out to dinner and, and talk about what North Carolina basketball meant to you in your life. I just think stuff like that, little things like that, um, you know, and everybody says, you know, their parents, but my cousin, Eddie, I have a cousin, Eddie, people, <laughs> laugh. people laugh about that, but I have a cousin, Eddie, and, and, uh, he was a local high school sports legend. Uh, and he got hurt in his last game of his high school career. And all of a sudden the football offers from Clemson and Duke and North Carolina and Wake Forest, they all stopped. Yep. And, and that was, you know, I, I, I really watched him, how he lived his life overcoming like a huge disappointment like that right so it's people like that i've always been like a like a, i even tell our, our young people work uh I, you might not think i'm paying attention but man i pay attention and i always pay like like when we go to um games when i go to when i go to the dc basketball games i spend more time watching Rosie than i do the game right i want to see leaders lead and I want to, and I want to learn from from how people lead because I don't do everything right. And like you said earlier in this discussion, we all can learn till the day we take our last breath. Yep. And you know, I, I feel like I'm an unfinished painting, you know, until I'm done. So, you know, Rosie's Rosie, taking your question and moving it currently uh, locally, and I don't want to leave anybody out. But Rosie's somebody, you know, during the pandemic. Somebody banged on my door in the window, scared the absolute shite out of me. Uh, but it was Rosie, and he walked in the office uh, once somebody opened the door yelling, wellness check, wellness check, wellness check. <laughs> and he was just driving by the ballpark and saw my Tahoe out there and, and just stopped in. Uh, I, I think I agree with you, Rod. I, I think that um, one of the best decisions Eddie Mack has ever made, he's made a lot of them. I mean, the, the amount of positive decisions that he's made for VCU athletics and VCU in general and Richmond in general, I think Ed McLaughlin is, is, is awesome. I think bringing Rosie back so quick after Will left was, was one of the greatest because, you know, I always say to Ben Rothrock, I want people working with the squirrels that want to work with They want to be here. Yep. I want people that want to be there. And, and Mike Rhodes would, would rather be at VCU than anywhere in the country. You yep. can't convince me otherwise. So, Rosie and I, we talk a lot. Rob Ucrop, um, we talk a lot. You know, Dennis Bickmeyer, uh, Eddie Mack, you know, the people in the quote-unquote Richmond Sports Mafia, yep. we learn a lot from each other. We deal with the same problems, yep. right? And I, and I think that that has had a huge influence uh, on me as I get to the back nine. I'm well into the back nine of my career now. I'm probably on hole 16 or 17. But, but I think those types of mentorships, that even though I'm old, I can still be mentored by people. Yep. You know, and there's other people in baseball, the Chuck Dominoes, Joe McCatherine, like all those people I've, I've learned through the years, some good things they did. And then some things that maybe I wouldn't do if I ever got my own team. And I think that that's how people like Ben Rothrock learn by being around me. I don't anticipate Ben Rothrock doing everything that I do because I've, I've made some wrong decisions. So I want everybody to learn from the good and the bad of me as we, uh, as we get to the 19th hole here. Yeah. Dude, we could probably talk all, <laughs> all damn day. Cause it's been, it's been a minute since we caught up anyways. Um, and I know you got a busy day, so I don't want to go on too much longer, but just to say, thank you because not, not thank you just for doing this. Thank you 
for doing this, but just thank you for being you because I do like, I met, remember the first time I really met you was when we were doing our first event in town with the abstract athlete and how like excited you were for what we were doing, how you promoted it. Like, again, like you don't have to do that stuff. And I just, I like, I, you are somebody that I, I find that even though we're roughly the same age, like I, I learned from you because I just watch all of that, you know, like the incredible energy that you have, what you bring to the community, what I like, how you operate around people. Because I, I, again, I want to surround my myself with people that I respect. And I'd like so much respect you as a human and what you do. And like, again, like I, I, I've met Sam, but I know your other daughter, Lindsay, and, and I just think the world of you guys, because I, I do like, I just, I think what you do for the community, um, and I think it is a, in a sports way, in a creative way, just in a, in a community way. I just, I, I do think it is so valuable. And like you said earlier, like how, how important it was for the second year of COVID, um, because obviously the the first year it was, everything was canceled, but I never, it's just, it was important to have baseball back in Richmond this year. And, 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 and so like, you know, I don't want to gush over you because, you know, <laughs> but I do like, I, 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 my, my ego needs no, my, my ego needs no books, you know, so I appreciate it. You know, as you're talking, that means a lot to me. And, and especially the part about kids, right. Um, Aaron Brooks is somebody else. He was with us yesterday playing golf and really has influenced me. And one, one time about maybe six or seven years ago, um, maybe a little longer than that, because AB was one of the first friends I made when I moved to Richmond in 2009. But he said to me, um, hey, man, you got to keep your circle tighter. And uh, that was about my family, right? Because, you know, one of the things I've learned through my uh, th through, through, ther through therapy is when, when if somebody like me says yes to somebody, you're saying no to something else. Right. So, so for, from a family perspective, that's really been helpful. So when, you know, when I say yes to working 24 hours a day, I'm saying no to Tanya, Lindsay, Sammy, and Madison. And so I think there's some, some balance that needs to be struck there, but I appreciate it. All the, the kind of things that you say, um, you know, you're, you're special to us too. And your work uh, is, is special to us. And, and, you know, what the cross pollination that you're doing between sports and art uh, is really, really important work because it gives people, like Tony Mandridge, an outlet. It gives it gives people like Brett Tomko an outlet. It yep. gives people like Justin Tillman an outlet. And everybody, I don't care how famous you are, how rich you are, we all need something, man. We Absolutely. all need something. Absolutely. Uh, and and so I think that what you do is way way important. And myself personally and our organization. We'll, we'll help you 10 times out of 10 times. No, I think I want to do another, do another pop-up show again, just cause I, you know, like some of the, you know, you mentioned the kids stuff, like some of the pictures and I know I sent them to you like with little kids looking up at the Brett Tomko painting or looking at a uh, Percy King artwork. And it's just like, you can just see like their brains, little brains working. And like that to me, like that's the inspiration. And it's like, you're at a baseball game to have fun and watch the baseball, but then you can see the art and you can, and, and just the experience of being at the game and like it, I, yeah, I, it's just amazing, man. But I, you know, I look forward to like us sitting down and hopefully, hopefully a reckless Kelly will come back. Dude, did you end up going to that show up in, uh, 
It was up in yeah, up I, north. I was, well, Eddie, Eddie Mack and I were with them in Chalice, Idaho, and everybody survived. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're out yeah. there, I want to meet you out because that's your fishing trip, right? Yeah. Well, uh, we Eddie, had, Mack went, Eddie Mack went with us this year. And first time? Uh, he, and I, he and I were in the boat together, and it was just uh, you know, amazing. You talk about everybody needs something. I mean, we live such fast-paced lives. Everybody does, particularly in the sports world, because we work while other people are, are leisuring, right? Yep. So our lives move really, really fast. To be able to turn it off, and I didn't used to do that, but 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 to turn it off, you've got to recharge your batteries, especially after COVID. You have to do that. Yep. So yeah, we were out there. I was actually telling telling JD Daily yesterday about. Ron Brothers reunion in Chalice, Idaho, because uh, Django Walker, Jerry Jeff Walker's son, was one of the opening acts, and a group called American Aquarius was one of the opening acts. Uh, and my cousin Leroy Parnell, who's not really my cousin, <laughs> but uh, but he's you know a legendary country guitar yeah, player, yeah. and he was I, I I was backstage with him, and I told him we were cousins, and then we went through all this kind of stuff, and. Uh, when when you see Eddie Mack next, tell me tell him to tell you uh, all the names of Leroy Parnell's hits because okay. we, we have to think about that. But well, um, no, we, we we went there and it was awesome. And again, it's it's about the memories that you make. Yep. You made tremendous memories out there as friends. And, and well, and we're you know I told you we bought that land out in Montana. We, there's nothing on it yet, but once we get it built up, you guys can always use that. And there's a nice reservoir two miles from the. Uh, from the amazing, that's an amazing place. Oh. And Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel owns a fishing lodge now about 10 miles from where we fish. And we went over there uh, one day uh, and, uh, and hung out in the bar after we fished. And, and just like, I've never been somewhere, Ron, in my life where every single second of every single minute of every single hour of every single day, you feel like you're in a postcard. Like <laughs> you literally, you li it is so beautiful. You literally feel like you're in a postcard. I mean, I love, I love where I'm at now. I love Sanford, Virginia. I love the beach, but there's no place like Idaho. I'm no. telling you right now. Oh no, there's not. I, that whole area just, that's why I drive out there. I drove out three times this summer, three Got wow. in my car. You know, they have they have these things called airplanes. You might want to check them out. <laughs> it's about the experience, party. It's about the experience. Well, that's that's that is one thing on my bucket list. Go to I do want to go coast to coast someday. Yep. And and I want to go where I don't have a plan. Like I just want to I want to like like I've often joked with Joe T. I want to put our golf bags in the car. And I want to drive. And if we see a golf course, yep. hey, you want to play nine holes real quick? I, and just stop and play I nine holes. I literally have my clubs in my car at all times. And a glove. <laughs> and, just, you know, just in case it happens. So, right. well, right. dude, I, thank you again. I, this is going to be out Monday. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Send, all, send us all the information I, and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll promote it. Yeah. And, and tell Tanya I said, hey. And I haven't seen Lindsay in a long time. So if, you, if she's down, you, is she down there with you guys right now? No, she's she's uh, actually on a farm, uh, doing a, a farming residency. Oh, it's, that's right. I saw that uh, on Instagram. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, where is it? It's it's somewhere in like Amelia or something. Yeah, but she's but, really into this farming stuff. She she thinks it's it's, a, it's I I have I have a thing in the back. Hey, whatever whatever it takes to make you happy. Absolutely. So period, dude. Period. Thank you. You are All the right. best, man. I look forward to uh, drinking a beer with you soon. And, Cheers. Um, all right, man. Have a good rest of the day.
They truly do not make people like Pony. I mean, this guy is absolutely an epic human. His dedication and love to community just cannot be surpassed. Richmond is really lucky to have this guy. Minor league baseball, really baseball in general, is lucky to have him. Just, I really truly love this guy like a brother. Thanks again for jumping on Parney. Uh, make sure again to follow Parney on Twitter at TweetParney. And again, follow the Flying Squirrels on Twitter and Instagram at GoSquirrels. And follow Montgomery Biscuits on Twitter and Instagram at BiscuitBaseball. A reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other news and events. Thank you. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.